just a few words before the prayer that thought came to my own heart and mind. These words, the things that we love and hold dear to our heart are borrowed, they're not ours at all. Jesus only let us use them to brighten our day. So remind me, dear Lord, remind me. Remember I'm human and humans forget. Remind me, dear Lord, remind me. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, as we come and gather before you this evening with all mixed thoughts and mixed hearts, O oh Father, in these last moments of time, how we cry out that there would be a revival. And dear Heavenly Father, as, as you look down upon this little flock that's gathered here, how we cry out with all our heart that, have, dear Father, granted on that great glorious morning when all of this heaven and earth has passed away and heaven has begun, that every soul that is gathered here will be there to, to rejoice with you forevermore. Father, this afternoon we'd ask that through the Spirit you would speak through the brothers that come before us and that it would be not only words that would go into the ears but not from, but from the ears down into the depths of the heart and there to find a resting place. Father, grant that this, this afternoon even your children would be comforted and those that perhaps are, are troubled and have sin upon conscience. Father, grant that they also would find strength to put away their sins, to believe and forgive in, in, in the name of your precious dear Son and the, in the holy blood that he had shed for us. So, so Father, now we come before thee with that perfect prayer that we should all unite saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
armoa ja rauhaa häneltä, joka oli, joka on ja joka myöskin tuleva on meidän Herraltamme Jeesukselta Kristukselta. Grace and peace be unto you from him that was and him that will is and him that will be for everlasting our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Otan tekstiksi ilmestyskirjasta sen 21. luvusta ensimmäiset seitsemän jaetta ja luen ne Jeesuksen nimeen. I will take for a text this afternoon from the Revelations from the 21st chapter and the first seven verses thereof. Minä näin uuden taivaan ja uuden maan. Ensimmäinen taivas ja ensimmäinen maa olivat kadonneet eikä merta ollut enää. Pyhän kaupungin, uuden Jerusalemin, minä näin laskeutuman alas taivaasta, Jumalan luota valmistettuna kuin morsian miehelleen kaunistettu. Ja minä kuulin valtaistuimelta voimakkaan äänen, joka sanoi, katso Jumalan maja ihmisten keskellä. Hän on asuva heidän keskellään ja he ovat hänen kansansa. Jumala itse on oleva heidän kanssaan, heidän Jumalansa. Hän on pyyhkivä kaikki kyyneleet heidän silmistään, eikä kuolema ole enää oleva, ei murhetta, ei parkua, ei kipua ole enää oleva, sillä kaikki entien on mennyt. Valtaistumella istuva sanoi, minä teen kaiken uudeksi. Hän sanoi vielä, kirjoita, sillä nämä sanat ovat luotettavat ja todet. Ja hän sanoi minulle, se on tapahtunut. Minä olen A ja O, alku ja loppu. Minä annan janoavalle lahjaksi elämän veden lähteestä, joka voittaa peri tämän. Ja minä olen hänen Jumalansa ja hän on minun lapseni. Amen. In Jesus name. And I saw a new heavens and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. Noin sata vuotta sitten oli eräässä Keski-Pohjanmaan pitäjässä hurskas mies. About a hundred years ago in the, in the northern uh, uh, Lapland there was a, a very uh, righteous man. Ja hän kohtasi tämmöisen vaikean sairauden. And now he became seriously sick. Halvaantui aika pahasti. And then he was paralyzed. Ja siinä yhteydessä tuli vähän vikaa järkeen. And after that there was a problem uh, 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 as, he, as he lived afterward. Ja hän ei oikeastaan paljon enää pystynyt puhumaan sen jälkeen. And he did not no longer be able to speak much. Ja jollakin tavalla hän oli 
nyt hyvin yksinkertainen ihminen. And now in some ways he was just a simple man. Mutta aina kun joku ihminen tuli häntä tapaamaan. But soon as somebody came, a person came to meet him. Hän toisti kahta lausetta heille. He would tell of two different matters unto them. Päästäänkö sitä taivaaseen? Will we get to heaven? Saadaanko meille seuroja? And will we have services there? Ja aina kun ihmisiä tuli keskustelemaan ja puhumaan, niin hän toisti näitä kahta lausetta, niin kuin levyltä olisi pyörittänyt. Ja tämä levy pyöri hänellä mielessään. And this thought, uh, kept going around in his mind. Päästäänkö sitä taivaaseen, saadaanko meille seuroja? Will we get to heaven and will we have services there? Ja se saattoi tuntua hassunkuriselta, kun keskellä arkea tuli ihmisiä keskustelemaan. Kun hän pyöri tätä samaa levyä koko ajan. Mutta nämä ovat hyviä kysymyksiä. But those are good questions. Meidän kysymyksemme on tänään. Our question is today. Pääsemmekö me taivaaseen? Will we get to heaven? Pääsetkö sinä taivaaseen? I, will you personally get to heaven? Pääsemmekö me taivaaseen? Will we all get to heaven? Meidän tiedämme, että kaikki Jumalan valtakunnan työ tähtää tähän yhteen päämäärään. And we know all the labor and the work of the kingdom of God has this perfect, perfect ending to it. Sitä varten nämäkin seurat on järjestetty. Sitä varten täällä on neuvoteltu lähetystyön tarpeellisuudesta. Sitä varten eilen illalla kuulimme esityksen Venäjän lähetystyöstä. Päämäärä on yksi ja selvä. Ja mahdollisimman moni ihminen pääsi täältä synnin maan päältä kerran taivaaseen. Tätähän me emme saa koskaan unohtaa. This we should never forget. Jumalan valtakunnan työssä. In the work of the kingdom, in the, in the labor in the kingdom of God. Me joudumme joskus ikään kuin pysähtymään. Herra ikään kuin pysäyttää meidät tämän asian eteen. And it was as if the Lord should have us to pause before this question of matter. Meidän arjen keskellä ja kaikisen monitouhuisuuden keskellä, missä olemme. In, in our everyday life and as we are busy about our matters. Että me olemme matkalla uskovina taivaaseen. Ja meidän tarkoitus on, että sinne tulisi mahdollisimman paljon ihmisiä. Nyt tässä on luotu sitten meille silmien eteen tämmöinen näköala. Tämän on kirjoittanut Johannes. John is the one that has written this joka sai Patmos-luodossa näkyjä. Where he saw on the Isle of Herra paljasti hänelle jotakin siitä, mitä tuleva on. Siellä on monenlaista aineesta tässä ilmestyksen kirjassa. And there were many Siellä on alkuluvuissa nuhdetta monille vähän Aasian seurakunnille. Ja 
Ja sekin nuhre tähtää siihen, että nämä ihmiset pääsivät kerran taivaaseen. He täytyi vähän ravistella ja kröykkiä hereillä. Että ei elävä usko muutu kuolleeksi uskoksi. Koska tämä taistelu on olemassa seurakunnassa. For this is in the ja meillä jokaisen sydämessä. And in every one of our ja juuri siksi siellä oli tätä nuhdetta ja samalla uskon saarnaa vähän asian seurakunnille. Mutta sitten Johannes näki myöskin sitä, mitä tapahtuu lopun aikana. Siellä on nämä pedot. And there were, there, here are all the ja monenlaisia näkyjä. And there were many visions. Emmekä pysähdy nyt niihin, nehän on hirveän vaikeita asioita selittää. Mutta nyt tämä loppunäky on se ratkaiseva. Kun kaikki nämä vainot ja koettelemukset ja antikristuksen aika on ohi. When all these times of the antichrist and the tribulation and persecutions are over. Siellä tulee valtava näky Jumalan kansalle. Oh, there is going to be a beautiful sight for the children of God. Ja Toivon mukaan. And we have this hope with us. Herra saisi itse meitä tänään lohduttaa pyhän henkensä kautta juuri tällä näyllä. And that we could at one time and right here encourage all of God's children by uh, speaking of this uh, vision. Ja että se antaisi meillä uutta uskon voimaa. And that it would give us new strength to journey on in faith. Ja voisi antaa meille jopa, voisi sanoa, hengellistä uudistusta. And it would give us as it were a renewing of our faith. Kun lähdemme huomenna näistä seuroista. When we leave these services tomorrow. Juuri tätä sanomaa me tarvitsemme aina. On ikään kuin palattava näihin perustuksiin. And it is as if we would always return to the foundation. Ikään kuin pysähdymme. And that we would pause there. Miettimään sitä mihin olemme matkalla. And consider where are we truly journeying. Ja samalla miettimään mikä on uskon suhteemme elävää Jumalan tänä päivänä. And at the same time to consider what is our belief of faith towards God today. Onko uskon lampussa öljyä? Is in our lamp of faith is there oil? Onko meillä elävä uskon suhde taivaan isän kunnossa? Do we have living faith with the, with the heavenly Father? Vai onko meillä omalla tunnolla jotain sellaista? Or do we have something upon our conscience that bothers us? Joka tekee matkan vaikeaksi. That makes our journey very hard to travel. Tässä on tässä näyssä ensimmäiseksi sanotaan näin. And in this vision it is first said like this. Minä näin uuden taivaan ja uuden maan. I saw a new heavens and a new earth. Ensimmäinen taivas ja ensimmäinen maa olivat kadonneet eikä merta enää ole. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Pyhän kaupungin uuden Jerusalemin minä näin laskeutuman alas taivaasta Jumalan luota valmistettuna kuin morsian miehelleen kaunistettu. And I, saw, I John saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Ja sitten Johannes jatkaa vielä. And then John continues on. Ja minä kuulin valtaistuimelta voimakkaan äänen, joka sanoi. And I heard a great voice out of the heaven saying. Katso Jumalan maja ihmisten keskellä. Behold the tabernacle of God is with men. Hän on asuva heidän keskellään ja he ovat hänen kansansa. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. 
Jumala itse on oleva heidän kanssaan, heidän Jumalansa. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Uusi Jerusalem on pyhä kaupunki, jonka Jumala on valmistanut omilleen, uskovilleen. Se on se uskon päämäärä, johon me olemme matkalla. Ja siitä on ilmestyskirjassa muuallakin kuvausta. Jos ajattelemme, If we would consider, miten siellä puhutaan lasisesta merestä, how it speaks of the crystal sea there, ja miten elämän veden virrasta, and how at the at the, at the uh, edge of the river of life, sanotaan että enkeli näytti minulle elämän veden virran, and, and it says that the angel showed me the a, the, uh, uh, the river of living waters. Joka kirkkaana kuin kristalle juoksi Jumalan ja Karitsan valtaistuimesta. Herran apostoli sanoo meille, mitä silmä ei ole nähnyt, mitä korva ei ole kuullut, ja mikä ei ole noussut ihmisen sydämeen. Sen on Jumala valmistanut niille, jotka häntä rakastavat. Paljon meillä ei ole tällaisia yksityiskohtaisia kuvauksia taivaasta. Mutta kaikki ne kuvaukset antavat ymmärtää, että siellä on kaikki toisin kuin täällä maan päällä. Täällä vallitsee epätäydellisyys. Ja mitään tämmöistä täydellistä harmoniaa emme saavuta, ei omassa elämässä eikä maailmassa, maailman loppuun, elämämme loppuun saakka. Täällä vallitsee maailmassa loppuun saakka vääryys. For in this world always that which is wrong reigns. Parhaimmatkin ponnistelut raukeavat monesti tyhjiin. And even the best efforts are often become uh, uh, empty. Ja täällä on sielun vihollinen pitää suurta vihaa ja valtaa. And here the enemy of the soul has great anger and hatred. Täällä on taisteleva seurakunta. And here we are a warring congregation. Ja siinä taistelevassa seurakunnassa ei löydy mitään lopullista täydellisyyttä. And in that warring congregation we do not found, find anything that is, is lasting. Koska se koostuu syntisistä ihmisistä. Because it is made up of sinful people. Siis meistä. That's of us. Joiden ainoa toivo on Kristuksen vanhuskaudessa. And our only hope is in the righteousness of Christ. Ja tämä Kristuksen vanhuskaus on ainoa täydellisyys, joka Herran seurakunnassa vaikuttaa evankeliumin sanassa, mutta kirkkaudessa se on lopullisesti meidän keskellämme. Sitten Johannes näkee näin. And then John saw this. Hän on pyyhkivä kaikki kyyneleet heidän silmistään. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Tässä on hyvin merkilliset sanat. Oh, these are remarkable words here. Pysähtykäämme miettimään, mistä tässä on kysymys. Now pause to consider what is in question here. Hän on pyyhkivä 
kaikki kyyneleet heidän silmistään. God shall wipe away all tears from your eyes. Siis itse Jumala, taivaan Jumala. The God of heaven himself. Ajattele, taivaan Jumala, maailman kaikkeuden luoja ja Herra. Consider this, the God of heaven, the creator of everything that is upon this earth. Hän on pyyhkivä kaikki kyyneleet heidän silmistään. He is the one that will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Hän, joka on rakastanut sinua, he that has loved you so much, lähettämällä Kristuksen, and he sent, that he sent his son Christ, joka on kärsinyt sinun syntejäsi ja heikkoa vaellustasi tähän päivään saakka. And has suffered because of your sins and your weaknesses even unto this very day. Ja pitänyt elävässä uskossa. And, and kept you in living faith. Kaikki on vain kutsujan armosta. And everything is only of a calling grace. Ja kirkkaudessa hän lupaa. And there in glory he promises. Hän on pyyhkivä kaikki kyyneleet sinun silmistäsi. That he will wipe away all your tears from your eyes. Meillä Suomen kirkon virsikirjassa on hyvin kaunis pyhäinpäivän virsi. Pyhäinpäivähän on tämä päivä, mitä me vietämme marraskuussa. Jolloin kirkko muistelee edesmenneitä uskovia ja pyhiä ihmisiä. Heitä, joiden pyhyys oli Kristuksessa. Ja usko vanhuskaudessa ei heissä itsessään. Niin tässä virressä on sanat. Jo tänne tuskahan ja vaivahan. Kaukaa kuuluu voittovirsi taivahan. From far off we hear the song of victory from heaven. Joka antaa meille voiman voittoisan. That gives us strength in our victories. Eli jo tänne meidän omiin ahdistuksiimme ja taisteluihimme. But here in our own struggles and, and, and warfare. Meidän murheisiimme ja meidän kyyneliimme. In our sorrows and in our tears. Kuuluu tänään voittovirsi taivaasta. The sound of victory is heard from heaven. Hän on pyyhkivä kaikki kyyneleet heidän silmistään. Eikä kuolema ole enää oleva. Ei ole kuolemaa enää oleva. Me, jotka olemme olleet omaistemme tai ystävimme arkun äärellä, tiedämme, miten kolkkovieras on kuolema. Mutta tässäkin Herran sana lupaa. Kaikki uskovat kohtavat toisensa toisella puolella ylösnousemuksessa. All the believers will meet each other there on the, on the other side of the river of death. Ei kuolema ole enää oleva. For there was no, death is there no more. Ei murhetta, ei parkua, eikä kipua ole enää oleva. And neither is there any sorrow, crying or pain. Kaikki se mikä täällä oli ahdistavaa ja vaikeata. Everything that has been so hard and so troublesome here, here. Joka tuntui kipeältä ja ahdistavalta. That, that squeezed us and caused us pain. Sitä ei ole enää. That is, there, that will be no more. 
Sillä tässä Jumalan sana lupaa meille. For here the word of God promises us. Sillä kaikki entinen on mennyt. For all the former things have passed away. Siis uudet taivaat ja uudet maat. Now a new heavens and a new earth. Ja kaikki entinen on mennyt. And everything that was formerly here is, is gone forever. Ja sitten Johannes näki tässä. And then John beheld here. Valtaistumella istuva sanoi. And that was him that sat upon the throne saying. Minä teen kaiken uudeksi. Behold I make all things new. Ajatelkaa kaiken uudeksi. Consider that everything is going to be new. Kaikki se, minkä me koemme tänään ahdistavana ja kielteisenä ja vaikeana ja kipeänä. Kaiken teen uudeksi. Taisteleva seurakunta muuttuu riemuitsevaksi seurakunnaksi. Ja moniin vaikeisiin kysymyksiin me saamme siellä vastauksen. Ja myöskin monet vaikeat, hiukseen hienot oppikiistat ratkeavat siellä lopullisesti. Tämä on Jumalan sanan lupaus. These are the promises of God's word. Tässä sanotaankin juuri näin. And it says here like this. Kirjoitessaan nämä sanat ovat luotettavat ja todet. And he said unto me, at... peace, peace. And he said, he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things right, for these words are true and faithful. Jumalan sana on luotettava ja tosi. The word of God is to be trust, trusted and to be true. Tässä Johannes sen vakuuttaa. And here John testifies or affirms that. Tämä Raamatun kirjoittavat itse useassa yhteydessä totesivat. And all the writers of the Bible come together and, and, and testify this. Psalmin kirjoittajahan sanoo myöskin. And the writer on the Psalms also says. Sinun sanasi on kokonaansa totuus. Your word is complete truth. Ja kaikki sinun vanhuskautesi oikeudet pysyvät iankaikkisesti. And all your righteousness and goodness will last forever. Meidän ihmisten sanat ovat erilaisia. Uh, the words about humans are, are completely different. Me teemme virheitä ja erehdyksiä. We make mistakes and wrongs many uh, often. Ja me huomaamme sen, että me olemme monesti toinen toisillemme. Hyvinkin vaikeasti ymmärrettäviä. And, and we come, and many times we have a hard time getting along with one another and understanding each other. Jumalan sana on selkeä, luotettava ja tosi. But the word of God is clear and truth and to be trusted. Voimme kysyä miksi. And then we can ask why. Siksi, että se ei ole noussut eikä se ole annettu meille inhimillisen viisauden opettamilla sanoilla. For, for this reason that it has not come from the mind and thinking and, and, and decisions of man. Tämä pyhä raamattu ei ole kirjoitettu inhimillisen viisauden opettamilla sanoilla kuten filosofia tai joku poliittinen aate. This, this Bible has not been written by wisdom of man and mind of man or some philosophers that are, that are very... Uh, Meillä kaikille on tuttu tämä, mitä me sanomme opiksi raamatun jumalallisesta inspiraatiosta. Ja 
Jumalan pyhä henki ohjasi Raamatun kirjoittajia. For God himself led by the spirit the ones that wrote the Bible. Silloin kun he olivat Raamattua kirjoittamassa näitä and, tekstejä. And then that is the spirit was with them when they were writing the, the writings of the apostle um, of the word of God. Muuten he olivat But otherwise, in their natural life, they were faltering and failing humans. But the Spirit of God tempered them to this special calling. To bring to the light of men the understanding and the will of God. Ja tämä pyhähengen voima, joka on raamatun takana, avaa tämän sanan tänä päivänä. Ja johtaa meidät kaikkeen totuuteen. Ja se liittää myöskin uskovaiset yhteen. Kautta maailman. Ja näin, tämän vuoksi me voimme luottaa myöskin tähän, mitä meille on taivaassa täällä kuvattu. And for that reason we can trust exactly this that will take place in heaven that we have read here. Johannes kirjoitti nämä sanat pyhän hengen opettamilla sanoilla. John wrote these words with the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Nämä sanat ovat luotettavat ja todet. And these words are to be trusted and they are true. Ja hän sanoi minulle se on tapahtunut, minä olen A ja O, alku ja loppu. And he said unto me it is done, I am Alpha and Omega. Näin vahva perustus meillä on. Such a solid foundation we have. Herra itse on alku ja loppu, a, alfa ja omega. The Lord himself is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. Ja hän vie valtakuntansa asian päätökseen. And he brings all his matters in his kingdom to an end. Ja hän vie luomansa ja lunastamansa ihmislapsen myöskin perille taivaaseen. And he also takes his created child that he has prepared, he takes him to heaven. Jos hän itse ei rimpuile sitä irti. Minä annan janoavalle lahjaksi elämän veren lähteestä. And he the, and I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Do we believe that the water of life is is uh, is right here, or the fountain of water of life is right here today? It truly is in the Zion of the Lord. Sent by the word of God. Joka pulppua elävää vettä. Siis sitä Jumalan sanan voimaa, josta meidän sielumme elää. Ja tätä vettä me saamme tänäänkin ammentaa. This water we can even partake of today. Saamme sitä ottaa lahjaksi ilmaiseksi. We can, we can take that water freely as a gift. Sitä Jumalan sanan vettä, water, water word, joka lohduttaa meidän sieluamme ja ruokkii sitä, ja antaa meille toivon, and gives us that hope. 
joka voittaa peri tämän ja minä olen hänen jumalansa ja hän on minun lapseni and, and then will inherit this which we read that he that overcometh shall inherit all things and i will be his god and he shall be my son ne jotka ovat kerran päässeet perille kirkkauteen those that have, have entered uh, uh, glory already Tämä voittava seurakunta. This victorious congregation. Se on voittanut karitsaveren kautta. They have won the victory through the blood of the lamb. He ovat perillä siinä kirkkaudessa. And they are, they are there in that beauty in, in glory. Jonka Herra on omilleen valmistanut. That which the Lord has prepared for his own. Uudessa Jerusalemissa. There in that new Jerusalem. Jossa kaikki entien on mennyt. Where I, all the former things have passed away. Mistä tässä voitossa on kysymys? And now what question do we have in this victory? Kysymys on siitä, että olet voittaneet uskon taistelun. That this is the, this is the uh, answer that they have won the victory through in the struggle of faith. He ovat kaikkien vaiheiden keskellä pysyneet kiinni Kristuksessa. And in all their tribals and struggles they have kept hold of Christ. Elämän uskon kautta jatkuvasti omistaneet Kristusta sydämelleen. And through living faith possessed Christ in, his, in their hearts. Ja antaneet Jeesuksen veren pestä heidän syntinsä pois. And allowed the blood of Jesus to wash away their sins. He ovat vanhuskautettuja Kristuksen tähden. And they, they are righteous because, that, uh, because of what Christ has done. Ei siis heidän oman erinomaisuutensa tähden. Not because they are somebody or something special. Ei sen perusteella mitä he ovat olleet itse. And not by, by that foundation which they of themselves are. Ei lyhyen eikä pitemmänkään vaelluksen tähden. Not because you've journeyed a, lot, a short time or a long time. Vaan siksi että heidät Varhuskautettiin Kristuksen kautta. But for this reason that we are righteous through Christ. Ja siksi ovat voittajia. And for that reason they have won the victory. Paavalihan puhuu tästä kilvoituksesta. And, and Paul speaks of this striving. Kun hän aivan viimeisinä hetkinään tai viimeisinä aikoinaan kirjoittaa nuorille työtoverilleen Timoteukselle. When in the last, in the last of, uh, moments or time of his life he run, writes unto his uh, beloved son Timothy. Ja hän kehoittaa häntä kilvoittelemaan hyvän uskon kilvoituksi. Ja hän luo katseensa siihen omaan määrän päähänsä. Kun hän sanoi, että minuutti uhrataan. When he said that I am to be sacrificed. Minun lähtöni aika on tullut. And my time of departure is at hand. Ja sitten hän toteaa omasta vaelluksestaan. And then he speaks of his own journey. Olen hyvän kilvoituksen kilvoitellut. I have fought a good fight. Uskon säilyttänyt. I have kept the faith. Ja tästä edes minulle on talletettuna vanhuskauden seppele. And now there is laid aside for me in heaven a crown of victory. Joka on talletettuna kaikille niille, jotka Herraa rakastavat. And is preserved for all of those that love the Lord. Toista vuotta sitten kuoli Latviassa eräs hengellinen opettaja. About two years ago a, 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 a teacher died in Latvia, a spiritual teacher. Yli 91-vuotiaana Robert Feldmanis. He was 99 years old. Ja hän oli hyvin väkevä ase Latviassa hengellisen herätyksen asiassa. He was a strong instrument in the, in the awakening there in Latvia. Ja oli hyvin liikuttava lukea hänen kuolin ilmoituksesta juuri nämä sanat. And it was it was moving to read these words when they were in in his notice of his death. 
sanomalehdessä. In the, in the daily paper. Minä olen hyvän kilvoituksen kilvoitellut. I have fought a good fight. Uskon säilyttänyt. I have kept the faith. Tästä tietysti minulla on talletettuna vanhuskauden seppele, jonka Herra vanhuskas tuomari on antava minulle sinä päivänä. Eikä vaan minulle, vaan niille, jotka Herraa rakastavat. Kun ajattelee, mitä hänkin oli joutunut kokemaan, kommunistisen terrorin kaudella, siellä oli vietetty aikaa vankilassa, keskitysleireissä, siellä oli suurten vaikeuksien keskeltä yritetty tehdä hengellistä työtä. Ja kaikki näytti menevän ikään kuin pieleen. Ja voi sanoa, että oikeastaan vasta viimeisen kahden vuosikymmenen kuluessa alkoi vähitellen tulla herätystä. Ja kaiken tämän keskellä hän pysyi vähässä uskollisena. Ja siksi oli liikuttavaa lukea tämä lause, mikä on Paavalin kirjoittama. And for that reason it was moving to read those words that Paul had, had spoken. Onko tämä teksti myöskin meidän kohdallamme totta silloin, kun me kerran lähdemme täältä? Et meistä voidaan sanoa näin. That they will say of us, hyvän kilvoituksen kilvoitellut. He has a good fight. Uskon säilyttänyt. He has preserved the faith. Ja sillä perusteella näköala avautuu eteenpäin. Juuri se näköala, mikä tässä on meille tuotu tässä luvussa. Kun kirkkaudessa kaikki on toisin. When in glory everything will be different. Palaan siihen kysymykseen, josta aloitin tämän puheen. Tämän yksinkertaisen kansanmiehen kahteen kysymykseen. Päästäänkö sitä taivaaseen? Will we get to heaven? Saadaanko meille seuroja? Will we have services? Me voimme tämän kysymyksen tehdä itsellemme tänään. And we can ask this question today of ourselves. Olemmeko me matkalla taivaaseen? Are we journeying to heaven? Onko reitti selvä? Is, is, the, is the way clear for us? Onko kurssi suora? And is the, is the, is the map straight? Onko kartta ja kompassi tallella? And do we have the compass and the, and the map with us? Ja onko meillä Herra Jeesus uskon kautta sydämessä? And do we have the Lord Jesus by faith in within our heart? Saammeko me joka hetki omistaa Kristuksen vanhuskauden vaatteen? Pukeutua siihen, koska me olemme syntisiä luonnostamme asti. Uskon niin, että te kaikki haluatte tässä uskossa vaeltaa. Ja saan toivottaa teille onnellista kotimatkaa. Perille kirkkauteen. All the way to glory. Jonka Kristus on meille avannut. That which Christ has opened unto us. Herra Jeesuksen nimen, amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. The children of God in New Ipswich requested that I bring greetings to all of you here. And we hope today that God would be with us and yet continue to give unto us his word. We have heard much of God's word in these days when we have been gathered here. And we hope that God would yet be gracious and yet continue it. So that each heart would be touched and each heart would be fed. And each heart would be moved to desire more and more to get to that heavenly home, even as the brothers spoke, that will we get to heaven. And I know one thing, if we get to heaven, there will be services there. And there will be more joyous services than we are having here today, because there will be no flesh there to keep us down, no poor pride and honor to keep in check. But there we will be free to rejoice forever and forever. And I desire to see that day. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Him who redeemed me. And I want to see my Heavenly Father. And I want to see those loved ones who have gone on before. And I know that is your desire also here today. And we've also heard during these services um, much instruction and encouragement to believe and to trust that God loves us and He is our Savior. Jesus has paid the price for us on the center cross of Calvary. We have heard this consistent message throughout. And I know that my desire would be that each one here with me and my loved ones would all reach that heavenly home. For that is where, that's our goal and that's our desire. And let's look forward to that day. And let's not look aside on this way of life to anything that's here. But let's look our eyes, keep our eyes fixed on what lies ahead of us. But because we are upon this journey, we have not come to the end yet. Even though God has promised to be with us all the days of our life. And He promises never to leave us nor forsake us. But sometimes on this journey, it doesn't go real smoothly. And sometimes we fall into sin. And we'll speak today from one of my, about my, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, King David. And a little bit of the part of his journey. And we'll read today a text from the second book of Samuel and the twelfth chapter. That place where Nathan came to see David. Twelfth chapter of second Samuel. And we'll read the first 14 verses in Jesus' name. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought, bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. 
And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the land fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and I gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah, and if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Howbeit because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Amen. We remember this place, how that King David, a high and mighty man, a man that had everything that this world has to offer, God had blessed him with so many, many things. And even as we read from what Nathan told unto him, how that God had given him the house of Saul. He had taken Saul from being king and made David the king. And he had given David even Saul's wives. And David had received other wives. And I know in this time, we do not always understand why things were like they were. For we know that in this time, we are to have one wife. But in those days, it seems that it was different. David had received so many, many things. He had been made a powerful man. Just as we might consider ourselves even today. We who are the children of God. Many have been in Christianity from their youth. Many have been given high places even in our church and in the government of our church. And for that reason, and I think maybe for that reason alone sometimes, the devil is able to come in and bring us more temptations, more things to try to draw us away. So children of God, be on guard, because we still have this enemy of our soul who wants to destroy everything that is good and everything in Christianity. And David, it tells us, earlier in the chapter before we read how the children, the soldiers of his kingdom, they had gone to war and David stayed at home. He stayed at home in his house and at evening he went out to look around. 
by himself. And there again, we know that when we are by ourselves, that's when the devil comes. Especially then with his temptations. We know this, do we not? Haven't we all experienced this, even as it was with David, that when he was alone then, when he was away from the children of God, when he was away from his wife, often then is when the, the tempter comes, especially to men. And David saw a woman bathing herself. Do you think that's what he was looking for? I do not know what he was looking for, but that is what he saw, and he was interested. And he sent servants to get the woman, and he was within sin with her. David, I don't believe this woman had a choice. But when the king's messengers came to her, she went with them. And then when David heard that the woman was with child, then David got nervous about it. And he called the woman's husband, who was a faithful soldier, called him home from the battle to be with her, and he wouldn't go in with her. And so then David, in trying to hide his sin, sent a message back with this valiant soldier, back to the battle, so that the commander would put this valiant soldier at the front lines and in the worst place of battle, and then leave him there to die, to be killed in battle. And so it happened. And when David heard this, he waited a little while, and then he married this woman. He was trying to cover up the sin that he had fallen into. And let us remember now, this David was no ungodly, unbeliever, an outcast. No, he was a child of God. He had been blessed so much by God. Already in his youth, God had anointed him with oil by the prophet to be king of Israel. He had fought the giant Goliath and he had been victorious. He had fought the lion and the bear and God had protected him. He had fought in battle many times and he had been victorious. He was, God had given him great power. And all of this, these things gave David much faith and confidence that God was with him and God truly was. But yet the devil had room to come in just like he does with you and with me. There is yet room for him to come in if we are not watchful and if God does not give us strength. And this place now begins in our text when the Lord sent Nathan unto David, Nathan the prophet. And why do you think the Lord sent Nathan? It was because God himself, the Lord, he loved David. David was special unto him. And he tells us later that he was the apple of his eye. And there he could see from heaven his precious child, that he had fallen into sin. And we also read in the Psalms how that David writes how he wept at night, considering the, what was the weight that was upon him, the weight of his own sin, the shame of it. And because this thing happened in the kingdom, and there were many there, 
I am sure that this deed that David did, the word got around. And people probably were starting to talk about it. And it just grieved David more and more. And he wept at night on the pillow. And when David heard this message probably that Nathan desires to come to see you. What do you think David thought of that? No, David, because he was a child of God, <clears throat> he believed that the prophet was sent of God, that the prophet Nathan <clears throat> had been anointed. And that truly his message that he spoke to all the people was from God himself. And I picture it like this. You know that when David knew that Nathan was coming to see him, I believe that David already was on edge. Because now was coming unto him the servant of God. And I believe it was it's like this, that when Nathan came, he had, as a minister of, of God, he had the word of God with him. Just like it's written in the book of Hebrews. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even, unto, even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is what Nathan came armed with. And Nathan came in. And we know that David being the king, he could have said that, I do not want to see this visitor. But David, was because he was a child of God, he let Nathan come in. And he allowed, and he said, come in, and I will listen. And now Nathan begins to speak unto him of this, of a parable. And God often speaks in parables to us, does he not? Aren't the parables of the New Testament, the parables that Jesus said himself, are they not beautiful? And do they not often reach our hearts? And that was God's intention here also. And when he started to tell David of this story, and he talked about these two men who were in this one city, one rich man and one poor man. And this probably was a place just like we have here. It was probably two farmers he was talking about. One rich farmer and one poor farmer. They had their land abutting each other. And this one rich man, he had many flocks and herds. Many, many animals. Hundreds, maybe thousands of animals. And this, his neighbor, he, had, he was very poor. He only had one little ewe lamb. One lamb. And he, it tells us here that he had bought this lamb and he had nourished it and it grew up together with him just like a little pet. And he was, had been with his children and it said he ate of his own meat. He kept him like a, like a little child. Probably ate at when they ate supper at their house. This lamb ate with them and he even drank out of his own cup. And it lay in his bosom. It was so precious to him that he held this lamb in his lap. And he hugged it. And it was like 
a little like a daughter to him. And we know that even we know how precious our daughters are. We sometimes as men think they are, are fragile and precious. And they truly are. And we want to take care of them especially. And now, now Nathan continues with this story that, that there was a traveler came to the rich man. A visitor from far away came. And as it is our custom when visitors come to see us, we want to feed them something. And we often want to feed them the best that we have. And this, this rich man, when he looked at his own herds and his own flocks, there was nothing there that he wanted to give unto them, unto his visitor. And I don't know why, maybe because he was stingy, maybe because he wanted to keep everything for himself, but anyway, he went and looked at his neighbor's one little ewe lamb, the only one. And so he went and took, stole that lamb and he killed it. And he dressed it and he fed it to his friend that had come from far away. And when David heard this, he was angry. And it says that he was, his anger was greatly kindled against that man. And doesn't ours also, even in this life, when we see some little boy or little girl being picked on, or we hear of one being abused or worse, doesn't it just cause the anger to rise up within us? It's just not fair. It's just not right. And so David was also. And he says that, as the Lord liveth, he made a vow there, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And so now David said this is what should happen. That man should be put to death. And then not only that, but the man that lost his little ewe lamb, he should get four of those instead. And the greatest thing that David pronounced here is because he had no pity. God is very pitiful and merciful unto us sinners as we are. And we are also to have pity and mercy upon one another and unto each other. And this punishment and this sentence, I don't believe it would have been enough to satisfy the poor neighbor. You know, when he thought of that poor little ewe lamb that he had, the one that he loved so much. If, even if he had gotten four more, it wouldn't have been enough to satisfy him. But God's plan here was so that he could reach David's heart. And, and now he did. And when Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Now Nathan took the sword of God's word and he thrust it into the heart of David and he said, Thou art the man. You are the one. You are the guilty one. And he said, As the Lord liveth. That's what David said. But Nathan said, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, 
I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And now Nathan went through the long list of blessings that God had given unto David, how he had given him the kingdom, and he had given him his masters or the Saul's wife, wives and his house. And he gave him the house of Israel and of Judah, the two big kingdoms at that time. So he had all of the land. And then, then he tells him even more that if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and th such things. David, if you had wanted more things than this, if you had wanted a bigger kingdom, I would have given. Or whatever else you would have wanted, I would have given you. But this is what you have done. And then the questions come. There, wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? And now he again starts to list David's sins. He said, you have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. The valiant soldier that you sent into battle at the front lines. You have killed him with the sword. Even though as of the sword of the children of Ammon, you have done that yourself. And then now the pronouncement even worse unto David. He said, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, that you are never going to have a time of peace in your kingdom, because you have despised me and taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. So it was given unto David. And David was heard, had to hear even more than that. And he said that, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. And we know that also happened, that later in life, David's own son Solomon, uh, he wanted the kingdom for himself, and he had it for a while. And God also says through Nathan, for thou didst it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. Even though David's sin had been in secret, he said that when he does his, the consequences of that would be in the open and everybody would see it. And David's heart was smitten. First, David was angry at the man in the, in the parable. But now David's heart was smitten. When that sword reached into David's heart, and now he began to say, I have sinned against the Lord. I have sinned. And there David saw that he was all sin. That there was nothing good in him. God had showed unto him the wretchedness of his own heart and of his life. And it was... It was not pleasant for David to hear this. But listen now, what Nathan said to David. The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Hath. It's like past tense. When God sent Nathan unto David, he sent him with the, with the words to convict David and forgive David. All, the, all together. That's the kind of God we have. He wants us to see that we are sinners and that we do fall into sin, but that He is gracious and merciful. And these words also are for us today. 
he hath put away our sin and we shall not die even though David said that that man should die Nathan said with the permission of God that thou shalt not die but you don't have to die David you're going to live and we can live also and we can live not only in this life but we can live forever in heaven above in that great heavenly home that is waiting for us and he has he hath also put away our sin he has paid for our sins the full debt has been covered it has been paid for on the center cross of Calvary for us where all of our sins were put upon Jesus taken from us and put upon him the holy and precious Lamb of God the perfect one so that us we who are imperfect we can have his perfection and we can believe in him even today that he is our Savior and our Redeemer and he has taken away our sins and we will not die though maybe a little while in this life when this life is over we may sleep a little while but then we will rise again on that glorious resurrection day and we will go to be with him forever and Nathan also said though even after those beautiful words and those beautiful promises and the beautiful pronouncement of grace and mercy and everlasting life unto him yet then he says how be it because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die there is a consequence for sin even that's not necessarily a punishment because if we were punished for our sins no one would be alive not one if we were given the punishment of our sins uh, nobody could stand before that but yet God gives us these reminders in this life so that we would understand and know that that we are still upon the journey here and that we are just have to wait until that day when Jesus comes but until then we must walk by faith putting away these sins that come upon us in this life as a hindrance to our faith can you picture with me and maybe you have experienced also even as David the freedom that he received when after Nathan came to visit him how that then he could believe that the Lord hath put away my sin and that I shall not die that's what God wants us to know also each and every one of us today and and oh if it could only be today that we all could walk in that liberty and that freedom freely believing that God truly loves us even as he loved David and even as he sent the messenger to David to tell him that I know what you have done I know what you are and you are a sinner but I have saved you by my grace and also I'd like to continue a little while yet upon this same matter this matter of falling into sin even as David did and the temptations for his flesh that were for his that came and he wanted to satisfy the lust of his flesh in this way I am afraid that in these last times that this is throughout Christianity 
And I am afraid that it is so often, in, in even as David was probably at this time a, a middle-aged man, it is there. And it is there with the older men. And it is also there the temptation with the young men. And I want to warn you today that if you follow those lusts, and if you allow that lust to turn into the actual deeds of sin, that there will be consequences in this life. And for this reason, there are many, I believe, that are in prison in their own hearts and souls. And maybe some that are even here today, that how is it with you that are these things in your life that are still there, maybe from the past? It is not that we would try to remember some deed or small thing that we've done in the past, but is there something that's before you today, every day? Is there something that causes you to weep on the bed at night when you go to sleep? Oh, there is yet grace and mercy and forgiveness yet offered. It is still the time of grace. And is, even as David was a child of God, I am sure it helped his journey so, so much so that he could believe and trust God. Oh, it, I hope that even today that you could be free also, each and every one of us. And if there is one here burdened today, that you would be able to speak even as David did and say that I have sinned. I have sinned. May it be that we all could walk through this journey of life a little longer and one day reach that heavenly home above. Everybody, that we could all go there together. Children of God, what a precious day that is. It's worth, it's worth waiting for. And even though that sometimes, even as I said earlier, that when we are in leadership or many people may look up to us and think that we are something special we are the targets of the enemy of the soul father grant unto us that we could walk through this light and one day reach heaven in jesus name amen let us close Dear Father in heaven, grant unto us grace and peace. Continue to grant that unto us. And may the word be opened unto us and reach our hearts. And Father, yet as we continue with these services, Father, grant that thy word would yet go forth. Father, bless us and keep us. Make thy face shine unto us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up thy countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, there will be song services at the church this evening for those who would desire to sing beginning at 8.30 and going until possibly about 10 p.m. And also, uh, <clears throat> you're asked to please, if you're interested in taking that uh, trip on Monday to Itasca State Park, please sign up 
at the registration desk by 5 p.m. today. And if there aren't enough people signed up to fill a bus, uh, the trip will be canceled and there will be no trip then. So please, if you're interested, sign up by 5 p.m. today. And also there are refreshments for those of us uh, immediately following the singing of this next hymn. 